It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we had OTAs today at Florham Park before the rain came down. And right now it's thunder and lightning in full effect all throughout a lot of New Jersey, but that wasn't the case at practice today. It was very hot, though, 90 degrees, so it takes a special kind of talent to shine in that kind of weather, and I have such a talent with me right now covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. I hear you do your best work when it's 90 degrees and full of moisture in the air. Yeah, I would say I had maybe my best day on Twitter ever, so um, (laughs) I'm really proud of the work that I put in, and um, yeah, I'm just going to try to do it again on Thursday. Let's hope you can match your performance today. And let's hope Zach Wilson can too, because by all accounts, this was his best OTA yet, or at least the best one that you guys had access to. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there was any question about that. Uh, he looked really good in the first practice that we had access to, but they didn't really ask him to do too much. I think he only took like maybe six or seven snaps in 11 and 11 and a lot of short stuff you can see that he's got a better grasp of the playbook even though it's only been two weeks and that mike lafleur is opening things up a little bit more i can't get into detail about exactly what we're seeing that's different because that's we're not allowed to talk about uh, specifics in that way but i can tell you that the playbook has a lot more in it now than it did two weeks ago and zach wilson looks comfortable and um, out of all the throws he made today in OTAs, there was only one that wasn't really good. He went eight for 10. Uh, the first throw in 11 on 11, um, that's what I meant. Out of all throws today, he made in 11 on 11. The only one was bad. Um, the first throw he made was a deep ball to Elijah Moore, who laid out and made a spectacular catch, which was, in my mind, the highlight of training camp. I hope the Jets uh, do put out a video of that because it was cool we're not allowed to take video during that time in practice and then he made another throw it was similar to one that he made on in the first practice where it was just a beautifully placed touch pass about 20 yards he had dropped back in the pocket the other way i do think he stepped up into this throw but it was just perfect to keelan cole it was one of those where he's fitting it into double coverage but there was never any doubt that the only guy that could catch it was cole and it was just a a pass where you're just like, whoa. I mean, that's your immediate reaction to it. Um, So again, it's OTAs. Uh, I don't think you're learning in OTAs if Zach Wilson can be a good NFL quarterback. But I think you can see if it's not like, if if it was certainly not going to work, you could see some of the warning signs now. And there's none of those warning signs. I mean, this was 
a good practice for any quarterback, let alone a guy who's known the playbook for a month and a half max. So uh, that's, that's great. He obviously has to build on it and it will make the expectations higher if he does it again on Thursday and then next week during minicamp. Uh, but this is a promising sign and it, it doesn't matter unless he backs it up in training camp, but you'd rather be here than asking questions like, what the hell was that? What did we just see from him? Um, we're asking other questions like, okay, like this looks a little different than what we've seen before. So let's not get too excited because we know what can happen, but it, it looks good right now. Elijah Moore looks good too. By all accounts, he has shown more than just about anybody else in OTAs so far. Again, as you said, it is OTAs, so we don't want to go overboard, but that's very good to hear for a guy who a lot of people were pinning their hopes on as a potential future number one wide receiver. To see him be this good this quickly is a very positive sign. Yeah, I mean, he definitely got an opportunity with Jamison Crowder not here because of that contract dispute and with uh Corey davis injuring himself early on in otas that me- meant that he was going to get a big chance to work with the first team and he has been in there with the second team too uh but he's made the most of that opportunity i mean that catch today he made on a deep ball I'm- a lot of guys with more experience were dropping much easier passes today and he hauled in the toughest catch that we've seen in training camp so that's good. Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to look with a guy that size once the pads come on. I mean, that is a question, but if you look at what he did in college, he knows his way around a football field. He knows how to avoid contact and, and how to use his weapons and his speed to his advantage. So I would imagine that he'll be fine. And this is a very promising start for him. And another guy who also looked very good today and who's clearly building a rapport with Zach Wilson as Braxton Berrios. Uh, he had five catches out of the eight in 11 on 11 drills. Um, and just was a guy that clearly Wilson feels comfortable going to in the middle of the field or when it's not there for him uh, on these quick routes, you know, quick passes, he's, he's looking for, for Berrios. And that's a, an important thing for a quarterback to have. And, Obviously, uh, Wilson's seeing the field very well, and and Berrios knows kind of what he likes and when he's going to be looking to get rid of the ball, depending on the play. And it's worked out very well. And, and the Jets even did some stuff today for the first time where they advanced down the field. And you saw on third downs that Berrios was a guy that he trusts. So I think I can say that without giving away too much but that's a, a good thing. And, and, you know, I was thinking about it today, and I'm not sure if Berrios is a lock to be on this roster, but this can't hurt for sure. The fact that he's got a, a big head start with Zach Wilson and, and, he, and he looks very, very good. So both of those guys, smaller receivers, making a big impression so far during OTAs. Another name that we've been hearing over and over again with OTAs is Keelan Cole seems to be developing early chemistry with Zach Wilson. Unlike Berrios, Cole is not on the roster bubble, but he's certainly going to be in a battle for playing time, and he's making a case early. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was a solid, talented receiver in Jacksonville, and he looks like a savvy veteran here. Um, He... Is, is catching the ball when it's thrown to him. Uh, those those catches 
even though Wilson made a perfect throw today, I mean, it's not easy to know where the sideline is in that situation when you're that far away from the line of scrimmage and, and to make the catch and make it look easy when you're the only guy who can catch the ball. Um, usually that means it's a, it's a pretty high throw. So he has a very good knack for stretching out his body and keeping his feet close to the ground while doing so. That's something I noticed while watching him catch some of those passes. And I think um, that, that kind of body control is really important uh, because part of building confidence for a young quarterback is even if the throw isn't perfect, he needs these guys to come down with some of these throws. And I think he knows when he throws in Cole's direction that he's, even if it's not perfect, he's probably going to come down with him. And I think it's not a coincidence that both times he's made that ridiculous throw so far in, in, in OTAs, it was to Cole because I think he knows he can trust him. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why I know everybody doesn't agree with me on Crowder and, and that I think the Jets should have him on the roster this year. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons why you want a guy like Crowder on the roster because he's another guy who you know when you throw him the ball, he's probably going to come down with it. Overall, this seemed to be the most aggressive that Mike LaFleur's offense has been in the OTAs that you guys have had the opportunity to watch. Makes sense because we're getting towards the end of them, but it's nice to hear that they had a real plan in place and that they were sort of going for the jugular. Again, OTAs, we always have to make this disclaimer, but you saw the beginnings of what could be a really fun offense here in this practice. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, the Jets' offense over the last several years has been the opposite of fun, and the fact that we're talking about these great throws and catches and, and not just like once a day. It happened several times today. Um, that's, that's encouraging. And then you, you're coming off a week of practice last week too. And I don't want to get all crazy about this because it's OTAs, but where the defense looked better than the offense and it didn't necessarily, you know, Zach Wilson wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. And the fact that we're going into the last week of OTAs here and the first time we see him, you know, he's clearly put that behind him and and the offense has clearly put whatever struggles it had behind them. I mean, I think some of that is on that the offense can now kind of take advantage of some of the the weaknesses they know with the defense and with when with the cornerbacks, but also it's just it's a game within a game and to see them respond after getting beat to see that kind of competitive back and forth and see it at a, at a pretty high level. That's cool. And, and it's a little different than what we've seen before, because I mean, there's been several springs when I've been out there and these practices have been unwatchable. Um, so it's, it's definitely better and it's more fun to watch. And I'm excited to see what that will mean come training camp and beyond. Andy, when you were talking about the fact that the Jets' offense has been the opposite of fun the last few years, which is undeniably true, I just kept thinking of that scene in Little Big League when the manager, who's 12 years old, Billy, says, we're just going to go out there and have fun. We lost sight of what this is all about, what baseball's for. We're going to have fun. And the closer, Blackout Gatling, who is this real serious tobacco-chewing guy, looks at him and goes, fun? I hate fun. <laughs> That's more or less <laughs> what the Jets have been telling their fans the last few years when it comes to the offense. I hate fun. So I'm glad to see yeah. that fun may very well be back at Florham Park this year. 
But one guy that wasn't back today was Makai Becton. He did not participate. And when you put that together with Jeremy Fowler of ESPN saying that the Jets are still very much in the mix for Morgan Moses, it makes you think that perhaps Morgan Moses could be a bit of an insurance policy. We talked about how Robert Sala spoke about Makai Becton's weight issues and how that might be playing into the injury problems. Morgan Moses could be somebody that they're looking at as a potential hedge so that they have three quality tackles in case Becton has to miss any kind of extended time. It's never a bad thing to have that kind of depth, especially when you're talking about a guy like Morgan Moses, 30 years old but still highly productive. Adding him would be a very good idea, and seeing Becton out again today really brought home the point once again that he would be a very welcome addition here. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised to see Becton out because basically – when Robert Sala talked about um, Becton moving forward, he kind of said, I'm really excited to see what he has during training camp. So, I mean, I'm obviously reading into that, but in my mind, I don't really, I I would be surprised if the Jets put him on the field next week um, because he's dealing with the foot thing. Well, I mean, what's the point, right? Like why risk something why risk it getting worse so it seems like they're going to be very cautious with it I mean he is out there walking around and whatever but I I just think they're going to play it safe and I don't really have any sort of problem with that at at this point Um, but even no matter what it makes sense I mean even if Makai Becton was healthy right now when you look at how much time he missed last year and how much of it came during the middle of games where they had to go to a backup in the middle of a game, like, yeah, you want three tackles that you can totally trust out there. And, and it would make sense. I I'm interested to see how Moses would feel about that kind of a situation. And I think the jets, I mean, there's a chance they might have to overpay him. If there's an opportunity out there where he could have a more solidified role with another team, he might prefer that. I don't know. That's pure speculation. Um, so I think that might be a challenge for them in signing him. And that might be why it hasn't happened yet. But um, again, that's more speculation than anything because it's just logic. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, A guy of his caliber probably wants to play as much as possible. And if he's going to be signing a short-term deal, give himself the best chance to show that he's worth maybe a longer investment before he gets too old. But yeah, it makes so much sense for the Jets and I think even if they have to overpay a little bit to get it done, they should. This was your first in-person look at Carl Lawson, who had been working out at home. He was sending videos to Robert Sala and the staff, and they really liked what they were seeing. When I had James Rapine of Locked On Bengals and SI's Bengals coverage on to talk about Carl Lawson, he said that Lawson is one of the most physically imposing football players he's ever seen up close. Did he live up to that billing today? So to be totally honest, I did not. Uh, he did not make an impression where I saw him out in the field <laughs> where I noticed. Um, I'm just being honest. Um, I mean, we get hyper focused on the offense and these things. I'll admit to to a fault because, I mean, that's I mean, we followed the fans lead and, and we know that they care about Wilson. And it's not just him, but especially at this stage, that's what the quarterback is doing is probably the closest thing to real football. So I, I, I mean, I saw him warming up and I saw him on the field and he's a big dude 
and he and he seems to be very athletic and and certainly imposing and 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 very strong but he didn't make a play that totally jumped out but again the defense is at a disadvantage at this point because a lot of his advantages his physical advantages are things that he can't use right now because he can't touch anybody really so um and 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 they're probably easing him in too. I did not chart exactly how many snaps he had with the first and the second team. Uh, but if he hasn't, since he hasn't been here for these first couple weeks, I think next week you'll get a, a better sense of what he can bring to the table and how they're going to use him because he'll have a full week of practices under his belt and they'll be in, in mandatory minicamp. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. No Jamison Crowder today. Makes sense. We know what's going on with that, with the contract dispute. Chris Herndon not there today. And then players that were rehabbing, they weren't playing because of injury. Corey Davis, Blake Cashman, Bless Austin, Foley Fadakasi, Jonathan Marshall, and Lawrence Cager. Yep. Uh, no surprises there. Um, just some background on Foley. He hurt himself in the first practice that we were at on the first play from scrimmage, I believe. I think that was the Jets' second OTA practice of week one. So he seems to be moving around fine. I'm not sure exactly what the issue is. I, it looks like a knee injury at the time, uh, but that's probably the one that that you know could have a, a pretty big impact. Unfortunately for Blake Cashman, we'll find out more on Thursday exactly what's going on there because he was out of practice for the first time since uh, – we talked to Robert Sala before he was out of practice for the first time. So not sure what the injury issue is, but it's unfortunate for him because he's had a hard time staying on the field, obviously in his first couple of years in the league. Um, and then a, a guy who was in the injury area, a couple of, or last week, Denzel Mims, I just want to point out that he was on the field more today after coming back from a non COVID related illness and got a, a fair amount of first team reps and did have a catch, I believe in 11 on 11 drills and also had a couple catches with a set dropped during 11 on 11s. That was, would have been a tough catch like over the shoulder, but hit him in the hands. He should have come down with it. We obviously saw him make some tough catches last year. And then he dropped a, a fairly easy one in the middle of the field. I believe that was thrown by Mike white. Um, and Mims give him credit. He's a fiery dude. He was, he was not happy. So, um, you know, it means a lot to him, so I like to see that. And he's still getting back into the, thing, the swing of things and wasn't a guy who dropped the ball a lot last year, even though that was a concern for him in college. So not something to be hugely worried about, but, but something to, to watch. But but the overall takeaway there is that he was on the field. He did have a catch in 11-on-11s and seems to be headed in the right direction and, and trending toward having a meaningful role, which should not be a surprise moving forward. Andy, I'm looking at the list of cornerbacks that practiced with the first team today. Bryce Hall, mm -hmm. Pinnock, Carter. We said Austin wasn't playing today, but that is remarkably thin. And I don't know what could scream louder the fact that the Jets desperately need to go sign Steven Nelson. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I agree. Um, and, and we should remember that on a day when the offense looks really good, I mean, this is a, a entire football team, so there's a reason the offense looked good because the defense struggled, and especially today, it seemed that Zach Wilson was picking on the cornerbacks. Uh, 
and, and was able to do that. And Mike LaFleur was able to do that with some of the stuff they were running. So I don't think it's really much of a question anymore that they don't have enough depth at cornerback to go into the season like this. It's not a matter of if, but when, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear, even at this early stage, um, if, you know, and bless Austin has had some nice moments, but when he's been on the field, he hasn't been that consistent or that great. And he hasn't been on the field as much as you'd like him to be. So, I mean, it's just another reason seeing him in the injury area right now um, that the Jets are already thin at that position. And if they're relying on bless Austin for the kind of depth that they, the bare minimum depth they need, it's, it's not good enough. So yeah, that, that there's no question that they have to bring in someone who has proven and Nelson would be a good fit. If you're relying on Bless Austin to be your savior, you are in a lot of trouble. So whether it's Nelson or somebody else, they've got to do something because when you're looking at that depth chart and saying, boy, Bless Austin's absence is very bad, that tells you everything you need to know about what's going on at the cornerback position. But more importantly today, we saw Elijah Moore stand out. We saw Zach Wilson stand out, and it gives us a window into the potential future the Jets could have if these guys continue to develop and become the players that we are hoping that they become. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on and recapping today's OTA. Really appreciate it. We'll do this again in a couple of days because you guys are going to have media access on Thursday. That'll be the last one until training camp. So you'll have a little bit of a vacation, get to enjoy this weather before training camp gets into full effect. And you need to be bringing three gallons of water with you to deal with the 90 degree days where you have to stand outside. I can't even imagine having to cover that, let alone practice in it with full pads on. That has got to be torture. But you're a ways away from that. You're about a month and a half away from that. Right now, we're still covering OTAs. We'll have another one coming up later this week. And you've got plenty up at NorthJersey.com where that great deal is still in full effect. 99 cents for six months. You can't beat that. No, it's it's a good deal, and I would highly recommend doing it. We've got a story up now about the best moves that the Jets should make moving forward to make their roster better before training camp. And uh, obviously cornerback is on that list. I'm going to, I'm going to give that one away now, but you can see the names I mentioned at that story. And then I'll have a full breakdown of Thursday's practice. And also coming on Wednesday, I will have a look at the five or six players who have stood out the most to me so far. And then next week we'll have you jumped the gun there a little, Scott, we still got, don't forget three days of mandatory mini camp coming up next week ah, before yes. training camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. It actually is. I'm actually pretty excited to see this full roster out in the field. I mean, sometimes in the past I might've said that facetiously, but um, we'll have full coverage of that. And as much video as they'll allow us to shoot all up on the website. Um, and it should be a really interesting week. Cause I think you're going to get to, get a sense of how far Zach Wilson has come these last few weeks. And, and you'll get to see some of these other guys who maybe have, they've been holding back on a little uh, kind of maybe take off the, the chains a little and, and see, you know, take off the governor and see what they can do. So uh, we'll have all of that and more up next week on NorthJersey.com and, and obviously coverage of the end of OTAs for the rest of this week. Yes, of course. How could I forget about mandatory minicamp next week? We will have the end of OTAs 
This week, next week, we'll have mandatory minicamp full coverage. Andy will provide you at NorthJersey.com. And, of course, we'll provide you with that here at Play Like a Jet and PlayLikeAJet.com, where you should be visiting and checking out all the great articles that we're providing, as well as the great videos on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Luke Grant has got some fantastic film breakdowns there. Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, and more. Kayla Pace has her commentaries, Pace's playbook, and so much more. Plus, we've got the podcast coming out every single day for your enjoyment. And if you have haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet. If you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.